Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young. I'm joined by two fellas that will be taking in a game this Sunday. That'll be as exciting as the two games leading up to it. That's right, back-to-back basketball games this week. And then on Sunday, the Super Bowl. Bengals in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati in the talks all throughout the entire week. But that means we're here on the Bearcat Bounce Podcast. That means on the BBP, we talk Bearcats. And we'll get a tiny bit of Bengals later. But Bearcats, first and foremost. That means we bring on Aaron Smith and Chad Brettel. Aaron, Chad, guys, how are we? Doing well, man. As as well as can be expected after the game last night, I suppose. Oh man, Aaron and I have our uniforms on. Brett yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I uh, I hightailed through four sixty five and just immediately hopped on. <laughs> said, "Where's my? Where's the link for the setup?" Then here we are. But uh, yeah, you know, you guys have your uniform on, but as his uniform is, is a big shout out to our our number one fans, our our, our biggest supporter. Danco transmission. How about Danco? Sadly, for the second straight week, you don't get too much off the uh, over one hundred dollar purchase. Fifty eight bucks. Fifty eight bucks better than nothing. It's a lot of money for a lot of places. Go to Danco transmission. Getting anything over one hundred dollars, you get fifty eight bucks off. Fifty eight buckaroos. And also, you still get what the mention, and you get ten dollars off an oil change too. God, I need an oil change, so maybe uh, maybe next time I'm in Cincy, hit up Danco Transmission. But you know, Aaron, Chad, you guys, you guys mentioned it a little bit, but I don't quite remember that there was a basketball game this past weekend. Yes, there, yeah, I, there was. You were oh, there. I, I, yeah, I sat next to you. Yes, we did sit next to each other. Eighty to fifty-eight. It was one that I came into, and, and I'm going to be completely honest and. It is. It's probably my biggest downfall. I'm very, very optimistic, optimistic person until I get a reason not to be. Leading into the game, watching the tape, reading the the tea leaves, I, I felt good. I felt solid. I felt like there was a great chance. Then the ball was tipped. Taze Moore stole the ball, went in and slammed with two hands, and uh, a nine-one lead, a twelve-three lead. I. I immediately was like, wow, okay, this is a it's a different type of beast. And it's Houston. It is the Houston Cougars. I've got quite a lot to say about it. Chad, you wrote your bites. I want to hear Aaron's thoughts. Aaron, were you in attendance, A of all, B of all? What were your thoughts as the lead for the Cougars ballooned quite a lot through in the first 10 minutes? And then the fight, the comeback by the Bearcats, and then the second half that was just teeter-totter until the final score by the time i had parked and gotten into the arena and sat down it was eight to three the next time i looked up at the or eight i'm sorry eight to one eight to one i think it was yeah Yeah. um and then i looked up at the scoreboard after what felt like looking down at my phone just at a text message that i got and it was 20 to three it was I mean, it was it was a heartbreak of a game because I think we all were hoping that this team had taken a step in the right direction, as, and I think they still have. Um, but I think we thought that they were up to tournament contenders, and 
I'm not quite sure that this team is is there yet after having watched the game last night. I mean, if Wichita State's making the last four in last season, I think this Cincinnati team was a tournament contender. Chad, you wrote your bites. Anything more as it was yeah, 24 hours later now? No, I, Houston's really good. And yeah. they're in year eight or nine or whatever it is of Kelvin, year nine of Kelvin Sampson. Mm-hmm. They're well ahead of Cincinnati. They are right. a top 10 team in the country for a reason. Right. As I told you to try to, I tried, I tried to let you down easy before the game, Brent. I tried. Yeah. Did tried. the com- Did the conversation go a little bit something like, don't do it, Brent. I care about you. No, I want something like this. The things that Cincinnati doesn't do well are the things that Houston does really, really well. But surprisingly, that that wasn't the that wasn't the reason that they got into the big hole they did. Because they didn't miss. Yeah, and that's not what Houston <laughs> normally does. Yes, it is, man. No, I I mean they were making some tough, tough shots, and I, yeah. A lot of the Fabian Whites were Fabian White threes were wide open. A lot of those are kind of backbreakers in, in essence as well. But they defended well, and they they made some tough shots. They they did, and you got to give it got to give it to them. I mean, I don't know. It was it was also a first half where you saw a David DeJulius that I love. David DeJulius is is coming into himself and, and having a great season in front of our eyes. He had finished with 25 points, had a great first half, a career high 12 of 12 from the free throw line. But when it's just David with no help around him, it, it kind of it's gonna be difficult to really beat anybody. I mean, you well, see the I, go ahead. Uh, that's what happens when you play a great defensive team, right? You you, you yeah. have to have shot creation because they're gonna ISO you, they're gonna make you beat them. And yeah. Cincinnati has one guy that can do that. And right. and that guy did. They adjusted. The problem was they adjusted on him in the second half to take him right. away. And Cincinnati doesn't have anybody else that's able to step up and step into that that role. Like it just that's the the, the issue with the roster is they've got. We're gonna have to get into this eventually, so let's just go ahead and do it. This roster is not nearly as bad as people want to like exaggerate after every loss. Okay. Right. right. They are all or very close to all high major level players, mm-hmm. but they're complementary pieces. We've talked about this from the start and it hasn't. It, the only thing that's changed is DeJulius has become more of a go-to guy. Now, has that just been out of necessity or, you know, however you want to look at it, but DeJulius has become a guy that you can give the ball to and go get a bucket. The problem is in today's college basketball, you need more than one. One isn't going to be enough. One isn't right. isn't going to carry you. And Brent, yeah, Houston shoots 47% from the floor on the season, 35% from three. But they were facing the number one efficient field goal percentage defense of the country yesterday. No, I, no, I, I agree. I agree, Chad. No, but... This coming is who the game, they are. Coming, I, but coming into the game yesterday, there were two players that that could knock down three point shots for Houston, and Cincinnati let those two players 
light it up from the outside in the first half. And it's a big reason why they were able to build that lead so quickly. I, it, it's Kyler Edwards and uh, Fabian White. Those are the two players on Houston that can knock down three-point shots. And Kyler hit two or three big ones in the first half, and Fabian hit, I, I believe, three of his four in the first half as well. So, I don't know. It was, yes, they they are a good team, but they normally get it done, like, just at the rim attacking. And I thought, I thought Abdullah Doe did a good job, you know, man-to-man defense down low in the post. I think they were able to hit some floaters. I mean, Jamal Shedd had a had a career day. He it was second most points he scored in his career. Fabian White had a career night. He scored a career high, twenty two points. Um, yeah, I I mean it was just a it was tough to see because so much momentum coming into the game, kind of just fan momentum. I mean the place was was loud and and just you could just tell we're just ready to erupt. I I thought the video board and and the Airwood did a pretty solid job kind of lining up the, the ways to continuously build the crowd. They had the, you know, the highlights from the AAC championship when, when Jaron Cumberland went off, they, then they followed that up with, you know, uh, having Joe Mixon get out there and, and do the gritty a little bit. Big thanks to the cheerleaders coaxing him into doing the gritty in front of, in front of the fans. And then they had, of course, uh, James White and uh, Melvin Levitt out, out in center court as well. The, the place is Deontay ready to Vaughn was in the house. Oh, my boy, Deontay, the yes. 317 in the house. It, it, when you get down that big, especially to a team that is as defensively sound as Houston is, I mean, it's just it's it's very hard to, to, to pull yourself out. And I think a lot of it has to do with what you said, Chad. You know, David DeJulius can create a shot. When, when Jeremiah Davenport isn't seeing his threes fall down, it, his offensive game kind of gets – affected and, and fall after that. He's he's not a shot creator. He's a shot right. taker. Yeah. But he's not a guy you give the ball and you say, you know, go get me a bucket. That's not his game. And and, and Mike Adams Woods a little bit, but the, when you play a longer, more physical Length, yeah. team, that that bothers him. Um it, it just so it's a bad matchup right now because like I said, the, Cincinnati has some flaws. They have some holes. And right. those those flaws are exposed by Houston's strengths. Yep. The problem being, what's Houston's weakness? Man, I thought it, it's supposed to be depth, but I mean, the way that they kind of just pounce on you, the the whole depth thing kind of gets taken away immediately. You know, it's just if because because the foul differential was kind of in Cincinnati's favor for a while. You know, the, the free throw def- differential was definitely in Cincinnati's way in their favor. favor. Yeah. I mean, Kyler Edwards got a quick three. You had Taze Moore get quick two. Uh, I mean, you just could never capitalize on on anything, really, because, I mean, they just play with just absurd confidence. And, I mean, that's just the culture that's been built there at Houston. But, you know, kind of going off more, like David DeJulius has averaged 18 points over the last three games. That's kind of when the team, the, the quote-unquote, like, cold shooting slump has kicked in. And then in, in the two losses to Temple – and also to Houston, David and Julius was the only scorer in double figures. No other player on Cincinnati in double figures. Right. On top of that, JD six of twenty-one from deep over the last three. I mean, he was sixteen. What? What? In those two games that he went crazy, he was like fourteen or fifteen of of twenty. I, it's just 
when you don't have the complimentary pieces, it's it, it could be hard to beat anyone. You saw that in the Temple game. You saw that again with Houston, and Houston's just a lot better. So the point differential was a lot different as well. Houston's but, good. I mean, they are. I, but you you look at Houston as well. Like their their entire starting five is all three stars. Um, and yes, high school ratings kind of go out the window with with age and you know as you get you know more more veteran. But I mean, Jamal Shedd was out there playing like like he belonged in the Big Twelve, and he's he was the two hundred twenty first player nationally. He was a three star coming out of high school, and he's only a sophomore. Scored 17, and that times looked like the best player on the court. I mean, it, it, when you are, when you are, see, here's the other thing about, about Calvin Sampson and Houston. They know who they are, right? Like they're not, they're, they're recruiting very specific things, length, toughness, you know, right. skill. Although they do a really good job developing raw you know guys in that 200 range they do a very good job developing the offensive skill uh in those guys but right recruiting rankings don't matter because samson knows what he's what he's looking for and he's really good at finding it but as aaron and i discussed last night after we went off the air uh recording the nightcap don't look at next year for houston because i know it's it's gonna get what, ugly. The, the top ten guy. Um, he's a he's a monster. Yeah, he's good. He's let me see if let me see if I can pull him up again. But good lord, played five or six times. Yeah, he's one of those like I I, I need to see his uh, ID. <laughs> senior in high school, Darius Walker, and then they've got uh, another kid coming in that's a twenty four seven. I think has him at thirty fifth. Let me get Traymond Mark and Marcus Sasser back from injury. Shad will be a junior. Yeah, I I mean, yes, definitely gonna be a really good team. But I mean, Chad, you also look like in and Aaron, it like Josh Carlton averaged three and a half points and three rebounds at UConn last year. He's had he he had a 30 and 10 game earlier this season. And sure, a lot of it, you know, has to do with with you know quality of play and in the conference and things of that sort, but Carlton played at the American. He wasn't any good there either. No, he wasn't. He was not. I mean, it's just, it's, I think a lot of it also has to do with culture. Like you guys said, Kelvin Sampson has developed a culture and when you're able to go out there and you play with the confidence, yeah, well, man, look at, yeah, that's a, it's a big dude. looks like Anthony Edwards plus like 10 years. That's if, if, if somebody six, six, eight, six, nine, right. If Anthony Edwards ate Anthony Edwards, that's what it would look like. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But he, uh, he's he's going to be at Houston next year. Yeah, he will. His muscles have muscles. Dwight Howard in an Anthony Edwards skin suit. <laughs> he'll be uh, he'll be in the Big Twelve in a couple of years as well. But I, you know, I mean, that kid ain't playing oh, in the true. Big Twelve. Good point. Good point. <laughs> he'll play but, one year in the AAC, and that'll be it. I, but still. With with as good as Houston played in the beginning, with with as as overpowering they were at times, there was still that run to end the first half, and then the made triple to start the second half by Jeremiah Davenport, and then I mean he, here's the sequence after this, guys, and and tell me what your thoughts are about how close it was. JD hits the three, Abdullah Doe gets a block, JD misses a wide open three, 
Taze Moore misses a wide open three. So that's two more advantages. DDJ misses a jumper. JD misses a jumper. Fabian White splashes a wide open three. Micah misses his three. Shed hits a highly contested, banked in mid range jumper. And I think after that, it was kind of all said and done. Yeah, I mean, that was if they were going to have a shot, that was it. I mean, the problem is, like, what if you get it down to five there? The, the roof blows off that place. Right. And and you're hoping then you're going to play with some momentum. Um, that what they needed to have happen was for, for Jeremiah to have, you know, that street, where he yeah. hits, where he hits three, four threes in that half. Yeah. And, and really puts them on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go from eight potentially five if he hits the wide open one that, that you need to drop yeah if he hits that one it's five you got life but he yeah. misses and what a minute and a half later it's 14 yeah they hit they hit a three and, and Fabian white was wide open on that three two yeah and you would think after he hit three in the first half he'd kind of adjust but and then yeah shed hit that tough two and then after that it was just floodgate kind of I, the problem I saw with the, even if you get it to five, Houston was just scoring so efficiently that if any of those little two minute mini slumps that Cincinnati goes through because they they don't have enough offense, mm-hmm. Houston can score six, seven, and you know you're clawing back, you're clawing back, you're clawing back, and next thing you know it's it, it's back to sixteen or whatever, you know. It, it, they just don't have enough options offensively. And that's why you go recruit Josh Reed. That's why you go recruit Daniel Skillings. Um, I'm sure if there's portal additions, it's going to be guys that can put the ball in the basket, whether that's a big or a wing or what, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you, you have to find a way, especially in these high level games against good teams to be able to go punch for punch with them. And they got knocked out. They did. They did. I mean, but Aaron, sitting in the stands, how electric truly was it? That 12 to 1 run to, to close the half, capped off by that triple by by Big Vic. I mean, it was it was fantastic, especially being up there. Um, you know, the upper level gets, I think, a little louder than the lower level, even though the students are down on the lower level. Um, I mean, everybody up around us, we were all standing. You know, that's something that the upper level does <laughs> as opposed to the lower level there on the uh, on the sidelines. But um, outside of that, uh, it was, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. And then came the, the cancer commercial and just kind of changed the whole mood at halftime. But um, at least we had the, 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 the great pizza incident of 2022 there in the second half. Yeah, what was that all about? I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. Bad? T- did they get bad tape? Did somebody sell them some bad tape? I have no clue. I mean, I just wonder if it was even tape at this point. I, I don't. Know. Or is like that box supposed to be empty? And then no, the one- no, 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 no. They always have pizza in there. Always. Okay, but it's cause... normally taped all the way down, so you don't have incidents like that because he's throwing it into the crowd and into the student sections. But there were three pieces on one side of the court and three more pieces on the other. The Bearcat was going wild, man. But I tell because you what. 
only only part of the the tape came undone. I don't know, man. The whole thing was unlike anything I've ever seen. I can't imagine that they don't have new tape for those boxes. I feel like the tape was white this week, like masking tape or something, whereas normally it looks like black or or duct tape, like duct tape or electrical tape or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's usually good tape. That was not good tape. No, no. Are you... Some, somebody's got a, a probably a, a nice talking to about Are that. Are you guys 10-second ruling that pizza? Shit, no. I'll eat that pizza. I mean, I'd eat that pizza, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they keep yeah, that I... floor pretty, you know. I eat that pizza. Dude sliding around and everything. They're they're just buffing the the sweat into the into the floor. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like, not... it's like they're wearing <laughs> brand new sneakers out there. I mean, no shot. I'm eating that pizza. Now, I mean, as a college student, as a college student, that's what we're talking about. You're eating that pizza. That's not how the question was was posed. Um, but I'm eating it no matter what. But yeah, <laughs> as a college student, I'm sure I'd have enough beverages in me where I, I would cease to care <laughs> if I was in college. Yeah, it just goes from like, whoa, Bearcat, what? Pizza, yes. That That's kind of the college version of, of Aaron, yeah. I wouldn't have put that many words together in a sentence. Ooh, okay. mm, pizza. <laughs> yeah, that, pizza. It probably would have just been mm, pointing. Is <laughs> 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 it Aaron? And then chew, and then chewing. I mean, you got to remember, I went to Wright State, where there was not a ton to cheer for. Uh, <laughs> we, we we did make the tournament my super senior year, um, but yeah, we got a streaker. No, he's just grabbing a piece of pizza back up in the stands. Yeah, so something along those lines. But uh, yeah, I mean, still after the game, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about though, guys, as as we mentioned scoring and everything. So the big men scoring is this. I'm I'm gonna read off some stats. And you guys tell me if it's much ado about nothing or something that is somewhat important. Okay. So as far as big men go, I'm gonna take Jeremiah Davenport out of the equation. So it's just gonna be Hayden Cobal, Victor Lockin, Abdul Doe, and Odio Guama. Each one of them surprisingly have one game scoring in double figures throughout the year. Only one of them have two games scoring in double figures throughout the year. And Hayden Koval is the only player to have a double-digit scoring game in conference play. Is this much ado about nothing because they rotate so much? Or is is, is it going to be pinnacle to, to have a big man where you kind of have the luxury to somehow go out there and get you maybe you know 10 on a night or 15 on a night when the uh, deep balls from outside aren't falling? Well, I mean, you're essentially taking two fifths of your what you have on the floor, and you're you don't have an ability to score. So that's that's not great. That's a problem. Are you guys getting echo? No, I am getting okay. echo. I'm gonna. You guys go for a second. I'm gonna log out and log back in and see if I can get rid of it. Okay. Aaron, Aaron I'm right. gonna go even further. Aaron, I'm gonna throw some more stats out at you. Well, can we just address what happened so people understand why there's two? Chad, Chad got upset that his mic wasn't working. He said, if I'm not here, no one's here, and shut the whole thing down. So we had to start it back up. We couldn't continue on once he hit the end broadcast. So we do apologize. Again, new toys, still figuring things out. 
All good. No, I, there wasn't. I, I, I it had nothing to do with figuring it out. I just hit the wrong button. It's the end broadcast is very close to the X on the uh, the window. <laughs> so. Entirely too close. They should move it somewhere else. I but. literally, I just, I as soon as it was one of those, like it happened in slow motion. As I was clicking it, I was like, "Don't click that." No. no. Like press down and try and move it. Press, well, there's it. actually when when you hit it, when you hit in broadcast, there's a button next to it that says "Not yet." But I guess I was too late in even getting to that one, and I'm clicking on it like. I mean, not yet, not yet, not yet. In broad broadcast, and then some a pop up comes and says, "Are you sure?" That's what it should be. But then everybody always gets mad about the "Are you sure?" But anyway, yeah, true. So what what were you going to ask about the stats? Uh just pretty much the big men. Um, I mean, traditionally Cincinnati has always had at least one big man that they can kind of go through, you know, throw it into the post and get a bucket or two. Um, you know, whether it be Trey Scott recently, uh, Chris Vote some games. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not sure I'd throw that name. In His that junior hat, but... year. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not in sure. I'm the throwing beginning. that. Beginning. I'm joking. That was kind of a joke. But uh, Kyle Washington. Uh, you know, just just a, a few names like that to throw out. Uh, do you kind of sense that this is a team that needs, uh, or is basketball forming into the way where you need to shy away from the two big men approach and kind of have the stretch four and a backup stretch four, or is the amount of big men that the Bearcats have currently on the roster just an, an okay amount, but you've got to develop. Victor and Lockin and becoming more of a scorer, or Odio Guama teach him to continuously knock down the shot and go for his, you know, look to score every once in a while. Um, I don't know. It, it it just seems as if it, there is some somewhat of a black hole, especially in conference play, has been no point production in the post. Well, I mean, bigs are kind of the probably the most hard to get your hand like you get it's difficult i think at this point to get your hands on a good big uh, right. for anybody and mm-hmm. and when you have the way that everything ended for the previous regime and the way that this team was put together in 30 days that's how they end up with a, a do a do odie um we didn't even know if vic was going to be a factor this year or not when west miller got here um vic's been a pleasant surprise that said he's in his first full year um you know, actually playing as opposed to rehabbing. Right. And yeah, I mean, if he can develop, sure, because he shows flashes. Like he had a fantastic look to Odie when Odie was down low uh, early in, in the first quarter or, or the first half. I'm sorry. Um, but I don't know. I mean, as we all know, I mean, the talent level that Cincinnati has is not anywhere near the level of a Memphis, anywhere near the level of a Houston. Right. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, you look at this roster top to bottom, and there's not really anything currently that Cincinnati has outside of maybe DDJ uh, that keeps up with anything close to what Houston has. And you're going to continue to see this level of disparity, unfortunately, that started a couple of years back with you know Kelvin Sampson and then Dem Boys, and has just kind of carried over here uh, now that some of those guys are are gone and. Uh, it's not looking like there's any light at the end of the tunnel in between that disparity for Cincinnati. Yeah, sure there is, but 
I don't know, man. The way, okay. The way it's currently constructed, here's where you get in trouble. You're essentially, when Jeremiah Davenport's not on the floor as your four-man, you can't score at two of the five spots. Right. And if you can't score at two of the five spots in modern basketball, you're in trouble. It just it, it doesn't work that way anymore. Um, you have to be able to spread it around and be able to score in multiple ways from multiple spots. Is it? It's not as easy as, or it's not as simple. Easy is not the word. It's not as simple as do they need somebody to to go on the block and get them a bucket? Right. Well, they could use that. They also could use somebody to, like, you know, when we range jumper out work, go out and hit a jumper, right. stretch the defense out, give your guards some more space, make the pick and pop something that defenses have to honor, like. Mm-hmm. That's why I think, like, and and we'll see how it plays out when he gets here. I would develop Josh Reed as a stretch four. He's six eight. He's got a seven two wingspan. He has guard skills. Um, he's but, also still growing. Like you're not necessarily even done growing at you know seventeen years old. Yeah, he's he's filled out. I, I would say Skillings would probably maybe be a candidate to be still growing because he's he's so thin and doesn't look like he's started filling out. Josh Reed looks like he started filling out a little bit more. Um, but I mean, it, it's you you can't have two spots on the floor that offensively you just can't you they can't get you a bucket at any any given time. Again, go back to the second half yesterday when they slowed down to Julius. Cincinnati didn't have anywhere to turn. They didn't have anywhere to go that they could they could draw something up, get the ball to somebody, and and respectively believe that they they were going to get a basket like that. That when you're playing upper level teams. You, you can, of course, you can get away with and, and get away with it in the middle to the bottom of the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, but when you're playing teams that that matter, you can't have one guy that can score. And like you, you, you've got to be able to put some points on the board, and that's going to have to be addressed. I think Reed helps you address that. Um, they're going to have to find a five that can that can score, whether it be developing Vic to the point that he's a lot more comfortable. He he's, he's in his head right now. Like those two yeah. passes, he tried the little shovel passes. He tried to throw in the middle of traffic in the lane. You're five feet from the rim. Score the basketball. You're right there. You're seven foot. There's nobody that's going to stop you. Just put it in. Especially because we've seen him make that shot. Yeah. He's, he's good at that little flip shot, you know? Uh, and, and how many times yesterday did we see the, the Bearcats run like a high ball screen and then both both defenders committed to the guard heavily and a pass to the big was just they caught it and had nothing to do with it when either they yeah, could that's... have tried to lay it up, could have tried to go to the basket, could have turned, gathered, and maybe shot one. But it's just like, you know, it, Houston was just completely giving Cincinnati that. Yeah, because they they're they're not a threat. Those guys aren't a threat. Nobody's afraid of them doing anything other than Koval, um, if he's got his shot working. Right. But nobody's afraid of those guys having the ball at the top of the key. They, they're just not. 
I agree. But it it brings me back to all of this, you know, and and I Chad, you've you've mentioned it quite a lot and and I I love just the press conferences after games, no matter who's in it player-wise or it, and then of course Wes Miller just knocks it out of the ballpark. First, you know, David DeJulius is just he's I I'm really happy to see how his season has been progressing and how his career in the red and black has been progressing as well. But I just really loved how you just mentioned the amount of confidence that Wes Miller instills in the entire team and has instilled in him. Cause David seems like a guy that, you know, he, he needs that, that confidence added to it. And, and Wes did a great job with that. And then of course I love this quote that Wes said, he said, damn right. I think about it. Big picture. I want us to be the team that kicks people's ass by 22 kicks people's ass on the board, digs down and doesn't let you have good shots and gets shot clock violations, and executes the heck out of offense to get easy buckets. So, yeah, you have to take it to heart. You take it personally. We've got some work to do to get there, and I believe we can. I mean, that's a hell of a lot different than, gee, gosh, golly, shucks, Wes Miller, who first got here, you know what I mean, where he's talking about we need to go kick people's rear ends. Yeah. I mean, I, and it, like, sure, some people could say that's coach speak. That's, you know. That's that's the type of response you want, but I mean, when have we heard West say something so far this year, or you know, so far since he's been t- taken over as head coach that he hasn't followed up on, or he hasn't at least started to show you glimpses of making whatever he said work? I I mean, that's just he he came in genuinely pissed last night to the press conference. Yeah, because they got their ass kicked. They did, and he completely opened up. And he I, and I wholeheartedly am confident in his message and his want to get to that level. And I, I think that's just it's a it's a really good thing to hear after this when you know certain coaches could could be just dim and gloom. And yeah, I mean they gave it to us. Yeah, you know, they're, they're a really good team. You know, like we we've experienced that in the recent past. It's it's good to have that refreshing kind of just push in the midst of what was just a very terrible evening aside from that he tells you the truth post game i've talked about it all year like he there's no sugarcoating there's no you know beating around the bush this is where we weren't good this is where they they killed us i think last time last night's the first time i've ever disagreed with him really in a press conference which part Um, the part where he said Houston's no different than anything he's seen before oh, um, yeah. from the ACC or from, you know, the when he was at UNCG, the, the teams that, that were at the top of that league. I disagree with that just because I yeah. think the way Houston's doing it right now is, is so unique. I think Baylor kind of set the mold for this last year and they won a title with it. Um but it's, it's a mix of old school and new school. And I guess you could maybe say Virginia because their efficiency numbers were so good, but they play so slow yeah. that I don't think it matches with what I'm talking about in right. terms of they're, they're long, they're aggressive, they know who they are, they beat the hell out of you, and they're also really skilled. They run good stuff. You know, they, it, it's, it's, it's a combination of you know, 1990s basketball with 2020s basketball. And I think until, you, you know, 
I and it's funny because I I thought Luke had a, a prop the same problem when he got the job that first year. I don't think he had a respect for the American Athletic Conference from the outside mm-hmm. that he learned real quick in that first year. I think there's some of that that's going on now, but more so just specifically Houston because they're the only thing that's really different than than what he's seen. Um, so that's the only, I mean, but point being his press conferences are great because he gives it to you straight. Right. And, and he's not, you know, after a loss, he's pissed off, but he doesn't take it out on the reporters like some people used to do. <laughs> um, and, and he doesn't try to like hide behind coach speak. He just tells you exactly how he feels. I think that's great. Yeah, it is. And before we wrap up the basketball talk, I do want to tie in. Well, well first off, I, the next seven games, they're, they're all winnable. And sure, winnable is, is a weird statement to make because the team does look a lot different than they did in that five-game stretch where shots were falling and you know everyone was getting involved and it seemed like they were really clicking and finding their groove. Uh, so, But still, the next seven games, they all – should be at least a, a toss-up or the Bearcats being favored. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll see kind of how it shakes out, especially this week. It's two road games that you know, road games in the AAC, road games in in college basketball in general are always tough. But it's against the two you know worst teams, arguably in in, in the entire conference at South Florida and Tulsa. So Tulsa's always a little tricky at their place. Yeah. But that's a Tulsa team that's not playing nearly as well as they were three weeks ago. And and by well, I mean, we talked about it when they played Tulsa at home. All of their games were, you know, two-score games. Yeah, right. That has not been the case since then. They have they have no. not been playing well at all. No. Uh, but with Tulsa, obviously, you worry. Dry Horn just is at the four is a matchup problem that they don't have an answer for. Everybody that's had a really good four – that's kind of an inside-outside mismatch guy, yep. has given Cincinnati fits. Yeah. So, I I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't want to come out and say they're going to win all seven of them heading into that final week where they go at Houston and then at SMU. But, I mean, you just quick glance at Ken Palm. They're favored in every single game. Uh, One-point dogs at UCF, but UCF's kind of crumbling. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It. Wednesday will be a big wake-up call down in Tampa. Uh, but you I want to talk about you it. Always go, you always find a reason to go to Tampa. Yeah, you do. Are you going? I'm not. <laughs> Middle of the week, I can't quite pull. That that UCF game was kind of calling my name. But uh, it's got senior night, you know, right, you know, that Saturday. A whole week yeah. before the season's over. Kind of strange, but so um, we'll see. Might not be any Florida trips for me this week or this year season. Oh, that's too I, bad. I know. RIP. But so here's the thing. Before we move on from basketball, I want to kind of kind of bring the Isaiah Isaiah Collier talk into this. Uh and, and time, oh, time stamp. Time stamp. Well, I don't know what to do with the time stamps. Like I can time stamp this this. Oh, yeah, this true. 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 Yeah, I guess. Just time stamp this to, to now. Are we still I'm saying kidding. Yahoo or what was it? 
we haven't we're, we're that was a test run we're, okay. we were testing it um so we're not if, if you if you want a test run hit me up in the dms we'll test run and see uh we'll try you out for the timestamps. see what you think wahoo timestamp. <laughs> oh it was, it was y'all's Florence, yeah, y'all. Florence y'all's. Y'all's timestamp. Um, no, man, it was timestamp, y'all. Timestamp, y'all. I don't. What, what is it? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know how long the other one was. So yeah, who knows? Like twenty-three minutes or something like that. Um, but yeah. So Isaiah Carter, obviously, huge, huge visit. Five star. Media impact player already trimmed his list of seven. Um, then then Rayvon all of a sudden is is a you know unofficial visitor there as well. And some some rumblings amongst the fan base has been like, oh, why invite you know high level recruits to a game like Houston, you know, number sixteen in the country? I I mean, they got glimpses. Because they want to come to that game, right? They got glimpses <laughs> of the atmosphere. They saw a packed fifth third arena. They. I, I mean, the theatrics were all there. Sure, the game wasn't as fun as it potentially could have been, but there were moments where you could feel that place shaking like it had been in recent years. So, Well, and, and Isaiah Collier's a smart kid. He's going to understand that when he gets here, that roster is going to look a lot different than it looked last night. Right, exactly. So uh, the one thing that, I mean, you know, like, like I said the other day, uh, yesterday, the, the one thing that you worry about is, Great players want to play with great players, and you're going to have to sell him on that vision of there's going to be great players here by the time you get here. Um, we're just in year one, and we're building towards that, and you get to be, you know, the stamp of we can, we're going to compete at this level. I, I, they've done a great job building the relationship with Isaiah. Travis Barnum talked to him today. He had good things to say about his visit. Um, but Auburn and Alabama, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> they could have beat Houston by 15 and I'd still look at Auburn and Alabama and have the same thing to say. Don't feel great about going up against them. That, that pesky pet way, you know? Um, I, so aside from that though, there's so much more to, to a visit than just the game. Sure. You know what I mean? And so I, I just don't think like, yeah, Sure. A win would have been great. And, and you know, the post-game celebration and, you know, the meal afterwards, everything is tasting a little better after a win. But, I mean, there's just so much more that goes into it. Like you said, he had good things to say. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that he's on campus. It might not be in the official capacity or, you know, anything along those lines. But still, it's it's just I, – I wouldn't read too far into he came in and saw Cincinnati lose by 22. They were playing the number six team in the country. Right. There was a good chance he, like, he understood they were, you know, winning was not going to be easy for the Bearcats on Sunday night. Yeah. Like I mean, he said, he, he's a smart kid. I mean, he's he knows looking at, I mean, he, he knows looking at this team, if he's watched any UC games, he knows that they're not built the same way that Houston's built. Correct. He probably also might know that the Cincinnati team beat Illinois on a neutral court earlier in the year. They hung with Arkansas all the way until the end. So, you know, it's just it's college basketball, man. 
and Houston's a top. They're, they're going to probably be what top five. It, they're going to probably continue to win on and be a, either a one seed or a two seed in the NCAA tournament. So right, it's it is what it is, man. And but the, the greatest thing is that this fan base feels that yearn to get back to that level, which is awesome. And the fact that it was it was here not too long ago means that it can come right back as well. And all all faith should be in Wes Miller because look at look at this. He has Isaiah Collier and Raymond Griffin come to the game on and sure it's a big big matchup and everything. You got Joe Mixon and not Tyler Boyd sitting courtside. You know, it's just I I mean you should be excited about that. People were hitting me up like that wasn't Tyler Boyd, and I'm like, I don't work for ESPN. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I didn't. I also did not think it was Tyler Boyd. Who do you think gives that thumbs up? Like, yeah, who said, who said it was the ESPN? It was on, it's on the ESPN broadcast. Oh God! It said Joe, Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd, like nameplates underneath them. That was not Tyler Boyd. No. <sighs> Like, like, do they give the thumbs up and say, "All right, I googled it real quick." Yes, yeah, that's him. That's definitely him. Fire it up. Got him. Got him. The thing is, you got to type out. You got to type out that nameplate too before you throw it up on the broadcast. It's like nailed it. (laughs) Someone had a little bit too much confidence Sunday at a at six thirty in the evening. So, but still, I don't know. Collier to just be in the place that they are right now with Collier. This early in the West Miller tenure, that that first video, Aaron was uh, was twenty three minutes. Okay, so forty minutes was the first forty minutes was basketball talk, and and just do the rest from there in your head, math. Got it. Okay, good. Aaron is good at Aaron's good at math. He is. Yeah, I was a math major for about a year or so at Wright State. Believe it or not. I don't know how smart that move was. But <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. Um, what, what, what do you? What do you? Did you, like? What do you do as a math major? Statistics or you go teach? You go oh, you teach. Want to be a teacher. I could see you being a teacher. You'd be that cool high school teacher. Sneaking into the closet, the the supply closet to vape, like while the kids were going over. <laughs> Mr. Smith, what is all that smoke coming from the I, closet? <laughs> I remember in high school, people like the teachers used to just go out the side door. Really? Repeaters. Yeah, they would do it right on campus. Like, oh man, right out the side door. Not on my campus. We had a smoking section in the high school. That's crazy. So Inside if you were eight, the high school, like yeah, if you were eighteen, you could just go out and repeaters right, right in the high school. Oh man, we do we do things a little differently in Kentucky. There's another time. <laughs> yeah, I man, it, a lot of times I do think about the whole public school dynamic of high school. I I never got to experience it, and I'm sure it would have opened a whole new world to me before I would have been ready for it. But hey, here we are. Um, oh, Aaron, we lost Chad. He's back. Okay, he's back. But uh, aside from that. There, oh, there you go. Oh, for the echo. Keep getting the echo. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. It goes away when you do that. I know. Uh, it reset, it goes away. So. Interesting. But as we close out with high-level prospects potentially coming to Cincinnati, uh, being heavily recruited by Cincinnati, let's talk about some 
high-level prospects that come from Cincinnati that are now being recruited and scouted by the NFL. Uh, that's right. Senior Bowl took place Saturday. And I tell you what, man. Those, uh, those Bearcats put on quite a show. Quite they a did. show. First, congratulations to Jerome Ford on the, awesome. uh, the new addition. his daughter. New addition. Hashtag uh, girl um, dad. I, I I just heard he pulled out. I thought it was for a similar, like Alec Pierce was, wasn't feeling a hundred percent on Thursday. So they pulled out. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was there. I know there is the baby pulled out. Yeah, there is. Um, opted out, opted out there, opted out. Uh, so I thought it was a, a similar reasoning, but it was not. Apparently he, he hopped in an Uber, uh, Ubered to new Orleans Caught a flight to Orlando and was there for the birth of his daughter. And uh, congratulations to Jerome. Yeah, it, you know, instead of making cuts on the field, he was cutting the umbilical cord. Oh, my God. That was so bad. The, 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 that was Jim Nagy, right? Jim that Nagy. Was Nagy. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was so bad. Um, <laughs> I, I the, liked it. I, of, of course you liked it. Of course <laughs> you liked it. <laughs> Uh, no, but so uh, you know, you had De Desmond Ritter, the uh, the riser, Kobe Bryant, the leader, Jerome Ford, the father, and my Jay, the disruptor, Darian Beavers, the playmaker, Alex Pierce, the validator. It, it, what kind of was your guys' takeaway from the game? I, I mean, Des obviously won offensive MVP, but for me, I kind of like seeing my Jay get into the backfield and actually record some good counting stats, um, or at least be in the presence of recording them. Um, the flag on Kobe was was complete BS. Uh, I mean, kind of what what were your guys' main takeaways coming just from the game itself? I don't know. I'm, I was most pleased with with Ritter kind of get, going out and I mean he was four of six, and the one pass was just he sailed the one pass, but the other missed pass was not it, it wasn't on him. That was on the running back for just dropping. A little dump pass but he he looked good out there he had two touchdowns he got the offensive player of the game he ran two touchdown drives you know the length of the field more or less um looked poised looked just as good as you know kenny pickett or um malik well yeah malik willis out there like he he, he looked good and i, I think that you add that with the practices that he had all week. That's fantastic for Des, even though I'm still seeing uh, mock drafts sending him in the second round under all those guys. But I, I think he's he's going to be in a position to push his way into the first. I mean, if if you look the way things are going right now, there's so many teams that need a quarterback, and we know with Des, he's going to ace. The like the interview, you know, bring Des into your facility and sit him down with your coaches and have him get on the whiteboard and and talk offense. Like he's going to crush that part. And now he has on tape, you know, a couple really good days of practice at the Senior Bowl. He played really well in the game. Um, I, that's going to be a situation where. Like Des is going to improve his stock as this this thing goes on because there's not a slam dunk. 
the, there's not a guy in this process that you look at that you're like, yep, that's that's the dude. Um, so it's going to be the intangibles. Like they're going to they're going to they're going to pick guys apart. And when they're picking guys apart, nobody is going to come out cleaner on the full evaluation than Desmond Ritter. That's just the reality of it. And how about Des? You know, that the first day, all you were reading on Twitter and, and things was about how much he struggled and how he wasn't wasn't hitting his passes. He he was fumbling snaps and you know, just kind of just everything was going wrong for him. And you know, in my mind, I was just like, okay, well, like Des always does, he's gonna write the ship, figure figure it out, and then in the end, he's gonna probably end up winning the football game. And Sure enough, there he was, offensive MVP and, and winner of the Senior Bowl. So, as he's done numerous, numerous, numerous times. Um, aside from that, Majay, Darian, it's it's kind of a weird game for Darian because you can't blitz, and I feel like that's kind of where Darian's going to be utilized a lot at the next level is is on the blitz. Uh, yeah, but I, it forced him to show what he could do in coverage, which right. he did well. I mean, I think that right. was him. Just a, we know he can blitz. We know he can be, you know, a really good four three linebacker um playing downhill but seeing him play in coverage seeing him play back a little bit i think helped out his stock too and then alec pierce aaron alec didn't play in the game he did leave early this that and the other but from the days that he was there you saw the reps that that a lot of you know scouts were saying yeah you know he looks good very fluid very you know strong off the line of scrimmage, point of attack, you know, all those same words they use every year. Our, our man, Alec Pierce, what, what did you kind of think of from what you were able to see, obviously not playing in the game, but leading up to the game through practices of what Alec brought. He looked crisp, but he didn't look any different than anybody who's watched this team Mm -hmm. already knew. Like we, we all knew that's who Alec Pierce is. He goes to the highest point of the ball and plucks it over these shorter corners that can't get to the highest point where he is. I mean, he's got an incredible vertical. Um, he can do that on the the go routes that he's kind of known for at this point. But you also got to see some of the cuts that he can make and, you know, run those like slants or those outs or posts. And, and you know, those are the type of plays that you probably aren't going to have a ton of film on from the games. Uh, if you're, you know, these NFL scouts, but it's things that they finally got to put on tape if they didn't already have stuff from practice. Uh, Maje, obviously, and, and Kobe, let's let's touch on both of them. Obviously, Kobe, of course, expected wins the cornerback uh, of the of the week voted on by the wide receivers. So, I mean, Mamba Island alive and well in Mobile. Uh, the pass interference call was bogus. Um, it was trash. That ball was underthrown by 20 yards. Give me a break. It was trash. But still, uh, I mean, a good week from Kobe. Uh, Maje had had his moments as well. Good good week from Maje. Obviously, the weight thing is going to be some talked about a lot, but it just seemed as if they positioned themselves to move up on draft boards as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's... We, we know kind of what 
Maje is at this point. I mean, we've seen him, uh, but again, you know, the national guys got to see him kind of, I mean, he didn't, Chad brought it up on the nightcap. He didn't, he never, when he was getting to the quarterback, getting to the quarterback's never been an issue. It's going through the quarterback and finishing, yeah. finishing the sack. Uh, but he causes a ton of disruption. And if he can just finally get the, get the quarterback down, that's, that's going to be where he starts to eat. And uh, unfortunately there's, there's a, still a little disconnect there for whatever reason. Um, it, Cause again, he was disrupting, he's getting hands on the quarterback, but not, not quite the, uh, the full sack. Yeah. True. True. Um, Chad, anything on Kobe? Other than he looked good. I mean, I, I think he, he acclimated himself. Well, he got beat on that one corner route, uh, a little bit of a double move. The guy went inside, uh, took him back outside for a completion um, but you know, I think the two routes he got, he got beat on to an extent, uh, were both from more like slot guys, uh, as opposed yeah. to outside guys, which, right. you know, the short area quickness is not really, uh, Kobe's forte. So the things he does well, he did well. And, and he was really good in practice throughout the week. Um, you know, I, I I like where he's positioning himself. If I had to guess, I would guess probably a third-round guy, which considering, like, he wasn't getting any talk a year ago. Right. He made himself a lot of money coming back to school. Yeah. Made a big-time money move, as as the, uh, the youngsters might say. But um, one, one last thing on Dez. <laughs> what, Aaron? One last thing on Dez. How how frustrating was that drive? The the opening drive that well, I guess the first one, I think they might have gone three and out, but yeah. that, that second long drive, like gosh, that was a where they had a five yard drive. penalty on a five yard penalty at the start of every first down. And then they just every kept series. running the ball over and over again. It's just like well, I mean, yeah, but they were running for like eight yards a carry when they were I running. Uh, let this cook. This is a, the Seattle. Seahawks. I mean, I made this I made this joke with Chad, but his junior year starting at quarterback kind of prepared him for that moment, right? Like (laughs) well, you're not Michael Warren. What is this? (laughs) No, I just mean like just all the offensive line false starts. Like oh that too, yeah. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah, the, the number one most penalized team in the country. Man, that was a uh, that was fun for a while. Um, but yeah, I I mean, Senior Bowl, great showing. Um, but uh, probably the biggest talk of the NFL draft when it comes to Bearcats outside of the Senior Bowl was the fact that Sauce is now being considered the consensus number one cornerback by numerous different draft outlets. Aaron, that in theory means. He's pretty much a lock for a top 10 pick. You say that, and I mean, there was an analyst I was reading his stuff. It was, I got an alert from ESPN earlier today, and it was like this guy's mock draft 2.0. It wasn't McShay, it wasn't a Kuiper. I'm not sure who the guy was, I, I right. don't recall. Um, but you had to have like the ESPN Plus membership to actually yeah. read it. Um, and he had, he had uh, Sauce going to Philly. Uh, and Sauce was taken after the the kid from LSU. So yeah. while you say that, like, 
I don't know that he's necessarily the consensus number one corner, but I, there's definitely a lot of talk around it. He's moving like the, the thing with Stingley. He had a great freshman year. Yeah, and that about His sophomore it. year, they were the literally the worst pass defense in the country, the worst last. And then and this then year he got was hurt. hurt. Right. He's had one great year, one bad year, and one year where he didn't play at all. And you're gonna you're gonna take him over Sauce. I would. And what Sauce has put on the field every week in a pass happy league. Mm, I don't know about that. And I think when all these NFL teams do see that true length that Sauce has at the combine and and at the pro day. Especially if he does weigh in at that over 200, like or right at 200, like he has been all season, they're gonna just be like, "Wow, okay, yeah." I mean, come on, this is well. The tape matches what we're seeing right now. I mean, I think the the biggest thing for him is gonna be, like we've talked about With from Kobe. the beginning. No, the biggest thing for Sauce is is definitely, without question gonna be his 40 his 40 yeah yeah and, and i think we said the same thing about kobe too as far as 40 goes but yeah i sauce for a while was just can he fill out that lanky frame and i mean numerous times last year he just looked big he looked like he was filling it out really well and i'm sure he's heard from numerous different people how to you know to keep on keeping that weight up and look at, looking good for the combine and everything along those ends. So, yeah, I mean, if the 40 translates out, why not? I, I mean, when you've got McShay saying that. If he drops a, if he drops a four, four, two, or something in that, like four, right at four, four, sub four, four into the four, three range, he's going to be the first corner taken because then the speed concerns are going to be eliminated and he's got the size and the length, like, What's your guess on I just just a random I, he looks fast. I mean, he looks like he's got strides. I don't know what it'll time out at, but I don't think he's gonna scare. I him guess in a he's way. a low four four. Yeah. But the problem is if like if you drop a four five, then they're gonna say you can't keep up with these elite, you know, right. four three, six three guys that are running on the outside around the NFL right now. I mean you, just hand them the Alabama tape real quick. I think it depends too where where you put Calvin Austin, like because he shut him down too. So I don't know. I mean, if you put him as one of those guys that is considered one of those top guys, because by all counts that I've seen, he he is considered you know up there in the in the wide receiver ranks. But he shut him down too this year. So James yeah. Williams, yeah. I mean, just throw on the tape, brother. But uh. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, anything more on this uh, Senior Bowl draft talk? Obviously, we're going to continue that talk for quite a while, but um, any more on this, guys? Not too much. I mean, they 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 acquitted themselves very well. Mm-hmm. They definitely showed that they belonged. Like, like we talked about uh, on the nightcap, like on Saturday, I think. What you, what you yeah. were afraid, like worst case scenario is – they go and they just all didn't, you know, a couple of them didn't look right up to, you know, what the, the, the draft boards were saying. 
And I don't think there was any of them that walked out of there worse for the wear. Uh, so that's a huge plus. Yeah, no one hurt their stock. No. And and I think you could argue that every single one of them helped it. So, I think you're right. Um, it's awesome. It is awesome to see. Uh, speaking of helping stock, more numbers came out from the uh, the Bank of Brady, I guess you can call it. Um, speed. Absolute speed, man. Drew Donnelly. Numero uno this week. Trey Tucker. And then, of course, Shmo Matei is still there. J.Q. Hardaway is still there. Chuck McClellan as well. And obviously, these, these change. Uh, we don't know the exact yardage or, or what the drill was for these speeds. But, man. We've seen Drew Donnelly, we've seen Trey Tucker, we've seen Shamal Mateer, and we've seen J.Q. Hardaway right all at the top so far each week of this offseason. And, and you got to start to see this shift of these underclassmen that are starting to really make a case just based off what the numbers we see. They might be cracking in. You're going to see a lot of new faces, and it might be a Drew Donnelly. It might be J.Q. Hardaway out there. I what's your guys' takeaway just from obviously just seeing pure numbers standpoint and obviously on top of it, Jake Hardaway was also one of the best in the, in the weight room last week, numerous mentions as well of Drew Donnelly. It just seems as if it's, it's refreshing to see the sort of uh, the uprising of all the youngsters. Cause of course you see Tyler Scott still in there, you know, Ethan Wright as well. So I don't know you guys take on just this uprising. I, I think, Two names kind of stick out the most to me, but how about for you guys? For me, it's it's still the fact that Shaman Mateer is up there in the top three. Like it's not a fluke that he was up there last week. Um, it wasn't a broken this, catapult. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with your jokes tonight. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's also good to see some young guys in there, like like a JQ, um, like a, you know, Miles Montgomery, like a Will Pauling, uh, even Tyler Scott, you know, good to see, the, you know, these young guys, Drew Donnelly especially, obviously, uh, but we already knew he had speed coming in here, so that one's not a huge surprise. Um, but, yeah, I mean, having a tight end clocking in at your, at your number two or your number three week after week at his size and speed and, and height, rather, um, I, I'm all for it and, Cannot wait to see him on the field in spring ball. The next wave is coming. Oh, tsunami. Denami, uh, uh, Donnelly, Hardaway, Shaman, Will Pauling, Tyler Miles Shaman. Montgomery, Todd Bump. No, Ty- Tyler Scott's not the next wave, Aaron. Tyler he- Scott was a significant contributor this year. He's the wave that we've been riding. Right. He's this wave. Like, I, I wouldn't include him. in. The, I'm talking about guys we haven't seen. Okay. Right? Like, guys that we're not – like, we, we don't know what they look like full-time. Fair enough. On the field. Donnelly, Mateer, Hardaway, Montgomery, Pauling, Threats, Bumpus. The, the next wave – right there on that screen that's exciting it is it is and and a a player who has constantly been on every one of these lists so far throughout the first three weeks has been trey tucker 
Um, what do you think it'll take, or at what point will we finally start to see Trey Tucker's name mentioned in the talks of a potential NFL career? I I think he fits the mold of what a lot of teams have, and that is just that absolute speed player. You know, I, you you look at Tyreek Hill is obviously the number one choice when it comes to that thought that I'm speaking of, but I mean, Trey has just wheels that are next level and he is a workout warrior as Brady has just constantly mentioned to us. What, what does it take him just kind of exploding as a receiver this season to kind of really jump on the map? Or what do you think it is when it comes to him? Because obviously he's got strength. His speed is, is unmatched. They just have to put the ball in his hands. They'd never got him the ball enough. And I think that if you can give Trey Tucker the opportunity to make someone miss, he's all of a sudden in your your secondary, like deep into your secondary. It's a matter of just making one person miss before he's on that next level. And then all he has to do is make your safety miss, and we'll see you later. Okay, let's let I'll ask Aaron, because I, I hear this all the time. They don't get him the ball enough. Who are you taking the ball away from? Last year, I don't know who you took the ball away from. Maybe, maybe Michael Young. He was hurt for the last six weeks. He didn't play. I, I get it. I mean, you could say the same thing for Josh Wiley like, that he needed the ball more. I mean, I I totally understand, but I think that if you get Trey Tucker the ball roughly about I don't know six seven times in a game, which I don't think is crazy talk. I'm not saying that he I, needs. But I mean, 10, I'm 12 just, touches. I'm just saying, like. Uh, uh, the answer to he needs the ball more is always who's getting the ball less. Well, I mean, you had two games where Ford was out. I feel like there were some extra touches he could have had at that point in time. Again, if you're talking about Michael Young being out, there's some extra touches there. So I don't know. I mean, weren't those two of the best offensive games of the season when Ford was out? I think that was like after they were, no, that that was while they were struggling a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. So maybe you're right there. I'll give you that one. You got one, Aaron. I gave you one. Point. point. I don't and give you, you points very often. Audible. I gave you a point. Should, should I timestamp that so I can? You should. Aaron write, gets a point. Write about it in my journal later. Yeah. Timestamp, y'all. <laughs> Aaron gets a point. Good job. Good boy. Good boy. But I, I mean, can you guys hop on that train though? I the the Trey Tucker needs to get. I, I mean, you just. Sure, he's he's a little slight of height. Um, his I don't know what he's. I mean, for the NFL, he's 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 a little small. But here's the thing: I'll tell you, that dude is tougher than a two dollar steak. Like, right. right? He is a tough some bitch. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He's gonna have a chance. Like now that he's getting up there, he's gonna be one of the leaders of the team. I, I think they'll. I'm interested to see. Gino has talked about right. Yeah. More in the screen game, more action, um, getting the ball out on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get the ball out on the perimeter more, you would think one of the main objectives would be to get the ball in the hands of Trey Tucker more. Yeah. I And, and if you guys remember back, one of the two quarterbacks that are going to be vying for the starting role, Ben Bryant, he, he completed a deep ball his freshman year at Marshall to one Trey Tucker. And it was a beautiful well, pass. 
That's an interesting point in that those two spent an entire year yeah. on that second unit. They did. Right? So those two spent an entire year working together. Like, that's a that's a valid point when you start to look like he threw a lot of balls to Tyler Scott, threw a lot of balls to Trey Tucker, threw a lot of balls to uh, Jaden Thompson. So there is going to be some some incoming chemistry uh, between Ben Bryant and some of these younger receivers, not obviously Will Pauling and Drew Donnelly because they were they were he was gone. Ben was gone by the time they got here. Well, and, but, and, um, and heck, he threw it to to Lenny and and Josh as well when Josiah was here. So, I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Crip Keeper sees at least one Bearcat being drafted by Andy Reid. That's a safe bet. Andy Reid, big fan of the Bearcats. Really? Being a big fan of the Bearcats has been very good to Andy Reid. Let's say that. There we go. There we go. Um, is is there uh, – so what? The, continue the workouts. Did we get a definite start of – Spring practice yet? Do we know? Um, I I've got a, a an estimate. That somebody told me, and I was a little surprised. It's early, really. Like we're not far from the start of spring practice because it's normally right around senior day in basketball. Um, Close. That's, that's what it was two years ago. Before the no, I think yeah, literally right before the Coco hit. Um, yeah, it was the same day as senior. A senior day was the start of March. March, early March is the first yeah. week of March is kind of what I'm hearing. Okay, hmm. hey, so, so right around the corner, we're almost we're already almost to spring football, baby. That's exciting. That is absolutely exciting. Um, a couple other things I saw that were that was also on on another one of the things that Brady posted. Um, Aaron, it was the other speed one. Where they kind of rise up in the tiers. Uh, saw Dante Corleone uh, show some social show some wheels yet again. We don't know what the drill was. I'm sure it wasn't a hundred yard dash, but um, it still seeing Dante's name being tossed around there. You I saw, think you're going to see him in the rotation at, at for sure. Yeah, like especially if they continue with the three man front, you're going to see the Godfather plugging some holes in the middle of that three man front. I think. Oh yeah, and then. Uh, your boy Eric Phillips getting uh, getting a rise as well, um, and then and then you see Chris Scott and Chris Scott's a name that I think really has the potential to also jump into that too deep and and really make a name for himself this upcoming season because I mean you saw him on the field a couple times towards the end of the year and that just means he's probably doing really well in practice and deserves to get some reps out on the field so uh, I mean. Yet again, you're seeing that that wave of new talent that's going to be out on the field taking over. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Look, look at that list. Chris Scott, Amorion Smith, Cam Jr., Jack Dingle, Eric Phillips, Dante Corleone. Like that's that's a there's a lot of new names. This is gonna God, this is gonna be a such a such a fun season. Such a fun off season because because there's just so many new guys to track. So many like and, and there's going to be some that we're not even talking about right now that are all of a sudden going to pop up. 
I mean, like, I, I, I'm so excited. High level recruits too. So I, I mean, I'm so excited. It'll be fun. It's gonna be a lot. And of fun. I just can't hide it. Can't wait. I can't wait for that one. Uh, there, there's been a little bit of something, something since uh, we last had the BBP when it comes to football recruiting. Well, and anything more on the team, guys? Before we, uh, oh well, one last thing: the coaching staff was finally wrapped all up. Chad, you, you and Dave kind of broke down the the press conference with all the coaches, and I mean, all I can say is like, man, each one of those coaches. They they definitely seem to get it. I I mean Gino is hilarious. I, numerous times I was like dying laughing when he was up there, but all those new coaches get it. And then Nate Letton just got was announced also earlier this week as the uh, tight ends coach. Wow. So UC hopefully. hasn't made it official, but I reported yes. it. Okay, there we go. First to report me. <laughs> and then Mick just put up uh, Clifton notes it's VIP. So. Join that and, and see what Nate can uh, can do on the recruiting trail. But, Chad, from what you're able to gather, uh, tell us a little bit more about Nate Letton as far as you can tell. Offensive lineman, um, the people that know him love him as a football mind. Um, they, they really, really respect his knowledge of the game. Um, so I, I've been – I've heard nothing but good things uh, about the potential of Nate Letton. I think it's a bit of um, a peek inside where Gino wants to go. I think Gino feels like he's got the passing game pretty much under control. And he wants as much help in the run game as possible. That's why you bring in a former O-line guy to coach tight ends, right? You want to make sure your guys are as sound as humanly possible. Uh, in the passing or in the running game. And also when you leave them in to block, when you leave them in to chip, um, if you're going to work the screen game, you're going to want your tight ends to be able to get down the field and, and make some plays in space with, with their blocking. Uh, but uh, so far, as Mick has in his article and, and talking to some coaches around the region uh, that have that have worked with or, or been around Nate Letton, uh, as he has gone through this process, um, I think he's going to be a good addition. Seems like a sharp dude. Uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing how that relationship continues to develop because that's a tough spot. Remember, you're say what you will about Mike Denbrock as an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Mike Denbrock, the tight ends coach, was elite. Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, Josiah DeGuara, Josh Wiley, Lenny Taylor. Like, mm-hmm. that man could coach tight ends at an elite level. So, Nate's got some big shoes to fill for uh, for job one. And that fits seamlessly into the most recent commitment that the Bearcats have gotten. Aaron, time stamp, y'all. But aside from that, what are your Brett, thoughts? I yes. told you we weren't doing the y'all tonight. Well, I that's well that's sponsored by me, the owner of What's up y'all? So uh Okay, there you sure. Go. Kamari <laughs> Anderson. Top 25 prospect in, of program history, uh a a high level three-star, a the second highest rated recruit in the 
class that currently ranks 10th overall in the nation. And sure, obviously that's going to, everything's fluid. But still, Aaron, when this was kind of forming together, when everything was was coming out, and then all of a sudden Kamari bidded his commitment to the Bearcats. Your your thoughts on landing a, a huge tight end out of Detroit. Just another fantastic move getting a player from Michigan as well. I mean, we kind of we've we've talked about it um, on the nightcap, but I mean, we have a huge hole with Wiley and Lenny's last year being this season. And sure, Shamama Terry's here, but after him, what you got? <laughs> what you got in the right. cupboard right now? Um, so no, that's it's definitely a huge addition where you needed a dude. Um, obviously, the between him and Jackson McGohan, um, that's you know two guys there in the cupboard. Um, this guy being more comparable to a Lenny style uh, tight end, whereas McGohan's probably closer to a Josh Wiley style tight end. So you got a guy that can run routes and catch a ball with you know throwing in your chip blocks, and then you got a guy who's going to be maybe more of a, a lineman first, you know, blocking on you know those run plays and things, but also being able to go down and catch the ball. So it's it's definitely a great addition for the team. Uh, a, a guy who's you know the twenty first tight end in the country. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big deal. Great get, yeah. huge get. Um, getting Chad, yeah, getting a top ten player from Michigan is a big deal, guys. Like Michigan's an extension of that three hundred mile radius, right? And mm-hmm. we've seen them be effective in Chicago. We've seen them be effective in Indy and Indiana as a whole. They've done a little bit in Michigan. And obviously, Sauce changes. We've talked about this. Sauce changes everything in Michigan because he has such he's such a dude that kids in Michigan look up to um, because they see that, like, they could be him, right? They were under-recruited and, you know, nobody believed in him and whatever. And uh, they look up to Ahmad big time. So you've now got a couple coaches that have – deep ties to Michigan and you go into Michigan and get one of the best recruits out of the state that says a good deal about where things are headed um, with this program because that that's another one of those things man that like as you're watching the rise you just never thought like oh yeah those you know they'll go into Michigan and get top 10 kids no no they won't yeah, now they are. Uh, it's a we're dealing with life around UC football being looked at in just a, a light that we all kind of never thought was possible, right? Right. Completely. You think Luke like takes just a little extra smirk to himself when he sees a Michigan kid coming to Cincinnati, a Michigan kid whose brother plays for Michigan, right? And he who Michigan. Is- very seriously wanted. Don't let all that bullshit last week fool you. Oh, I don't know if he was a take. Ah. Nah. Does, does he hop in Harbaugh's DMs? Like, gotcha. No. That's not yes, Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Wiley's back next year. But, guys, there's a recent player today, and, and it's the recruiting news, the hot recruiting news of the day, if you will. Um, 
a player who would who would come in if if he were to eventually commit to the Bearcats would be considered the highest ranked recruit in this already highly rated 2023 class. And that's Anthony Brown. He's been on campus quite a lot. Um, and it's always interesting seeing his name on the list to be as, as a campus visitor. And then next to his name is, is Minnesota commit. Well, that next to the name saying Minnesota commit has been removed. He decommitted today wide receiver from Springfield high school. Huh? I mean, Probably something to just keep an eye out on, right? Yeah. I, it, this one's going to be a battle because there's a lot of people that want <laughs> Anthony Brown. Um, you know, he's visited Penn State. He's visited Wisconsin. Like, Ohio State is sniffing around. There, you know, that, that, this one's not going to be – this isn't just like a, uh, you know, foregone conclusion as we've seen with some kids where UC is recruiting them hard they decommit and it's just a matter of days until they commit to UC. Is UC in a really good spot? Yeah. But I think there's probably two or three other schools that feel like they're in a really good spot as well. Um, but, you know, like UC is doing great work with, with guys of that ilk, 5'10", shifty, you know, that's kind of, becoming a strength for UC right now. So guys are paying attention to that. Um, another kid, his brother is, is on scholarship playing wide receiver at Minnesota. And he's <laughs> not going to Minnesota. Like I, I know the Minnesota guys still think we, you know, because his brother's here, Minnesota's still in a strong position. Don't uh, count us out him. yet. Kids don't decommit to recommit. That ain't how, that ain't how this works. Right. That ain't how none of this works. Um, but you see, it'll be a, a definite factor here. But they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do some work. Still, uh, Mike Brown has built a great relationship with the kid. As you said, the kid has been on campus multiple times, including the hometown heroes event. Um, but still, a lot of work to be done to get this one across the finish line. He was at several games. I know I saw him on the sidelines yeah. wandering around. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's high level talent. He'd be a top ten prospect of all time. High, highest rated, rated recruit in this class as it stands right now. But obviously it's gonna be a long one. Um, but still some news that hit the hit the stream today, and you gotta at least mention it because there are there's not there's smoke there. Obviously, there's yeah, not a fire there's, yet. There's definitely a relationship, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to get the 36th receiver in the country, the fifth best player in Ohio, that's a big deal. Another top 10 player in Ohio, another right. top 25 player in Ohio. That would give you six top 25 players in Ohio. That's a good percentage of the top 25 players in the state. Aaron, not you're bad. the math major. You understand. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Was, do, do a quick, Aaron. Good, good, good numbers there. Good numbers. I mean, six of twenty-five. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Gosh, that's twenty-four percent. Oh my god! Wow. Thank you. Twenty-four percent of the top twenty-five. Thank you, Mr. Smith. You're welcome. That's why we have you here. I'm good for something. I really, <laughs> I really think you're great, Mr. Smith. Um, but yeah, so obviously news. Keep keep track of it. Uh, aside from that. What is 
recruiting in the 2022 class is done. Um, obviously, the transfer portal is still the transfer portal. Uh, they'll look at a couple other options as we go through this thing. That That's the nice thing is I don't have to answer definitively now <laughs> when somebody says, can they go after this kid? Uh, the answer is yes, they can. Will they? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. But last year, the answer was no. They're <laughs> done. And now I don't have to say they're done, which is good for business. I go. like not having to say they're done. I don't want to have to tell you guys that the answer is a definitive no. So that'll be nice as we go through the spring and summer. Doors open. Doors lots, open. lots of TBD. Yeah. Hey, hey, I like a good TBD. Speaking of TBD, uh, what are your guys' plans for this Sunday? Um, obviously, two big basketball games before then. But this is the last time the three of us will talk on the official airwaves of the BCJ Podcast Network, BBP, uh, Super Bowl plans. Aaron, Chad, great time to be a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll have a, I'll, I, I always have a little Super Bowl party. It's never anything crazy, but, uh, you know, my dad comes over, uh, a couple friends stop by, do a nice little, little spread cook up some food. Um, we were at Costco today. I'm excited. We try, we, we bought a new uh, like party dip. God, I love Costco. <laughs> are, are you guys fans of like street corn? Yeah. You know, the, the cojita cheese and the, the, the seasonings. I can take it or leave it, but that's just me. We well, got like, a, we elote? got a street. Elote? Huh? Elote, yes. yes. Street corn. We got a uh, street corn dip. Oh, yeah, that I'm pretty excited about. And some uh, non-bread dippers. Yeah. Big fan of non-bread. Non-bread is excellent. Um, their, their non-bread dippers are fantastic. Yeah, we got a whole nah. big container of them. So. That's the only way they sell them. Yeah, I'm excited about those. <laughs> um, I, haven't, I haven't come up with the menu yet. I'm not sure what I'm going to cook. So Smoke up some meat. Maybe the weather doesn't look too bad, so that's a possibility. Um, pulled pork I, nachos. I love pulled pork nachos. Don't get me wrong. I Would don't know that well that's with a, the street corn. Yeah, I don't know that that's a main per se. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to have um, skyline dip, right? It's um, depends on how cool. many. Like I, this year, it might be a, a necessity because the Bengals are in it. Right. Um. I usually do like, uh, you know, the jalapenos, you hollow them out, you put the cream cheese, you wrap them in bacon. Uh, but I, I take it a little extra step and I sprinkle the bacon with brown sugar Oh, well, to give it the sweet spicy. to go with the heat. Uh, we do a bagel dip uh, that Kelsey loves, so we'll have to do that because she'll mm -hmm. insist and force us to do it. The bagel dip is just cream cheese and hot pepper jelly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's simple, but really, really, really good. If you want to throw that on your uh, your menu, your party mm -hmm. menu. Um, but I don't. I haven't decided on the main yet. I haven't decided on what the 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 feature dish is going to be for the Super Bowl. It's got to be a big one, right? Like it's the it Bengals are in the Super Bowl. The I got Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I got to go hard in the paint. Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I, Aaron, you'll be back in Cincinnati. Yep. Are you gracing? Hanging your out presence? with moms. 
hanging out at mom's. There you go. There you go. What, now, what's, know, the, what's the Smith family menu look like for uh, for a Super Bowl party? Um, my sister and my girlfriend have uh, commandeered away the menu options from my mother as she prepared everything last week. Mm. Um, so I know that there's uh, some sliders of some sort. Ooh. I know that there's going to be plenty of dips. Oh. Uh, sliders might be a good idea. That might be strong. Just buy the Hawaiian rolls, lay yep. it down. Yep. That's what they're doing. And like, you know, put, uh, I think they're doing like the, the just simple, like ham and cheese. Um, yeah. With, with like the, the butter on top and throw them in the oven and call it a day mm-hmm. on yep. that. But um, I, all I know is there's going to be plenty of dips, which super excited about. There's going to be wings, super excited about, <laughs> and uh, some, some slider action. Um, outside of that, I'm, I love surprises. I don't know. I'm I'm just huge on surprises, so I haven't really been picking brains too much yeah. on on what actually is going to be happening. You so, joke around with me that I'm five. You are just as five as I am. Oh, I'm a I'm a giant child. Like I will <laughs> never argue that. Oh, I, okay. Come on now, everyone who knows me knows that. You know what I do when I visit my parents and we're ordering food. I will literally go to a different room or plug my ear. <laughs> I don't hear what they're ordering, so I'm surprised when it shows up. So, Aaron, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And go if you're it. struggling, Galactic Fried Chicken. Get get a get a box of tendies for the party. I went today. I got sauce. So excited. What'd you get? Um, I got the uh, the the three tenders, and um, I got the mashed potatoes this time. Mashed potatoes are outstanding. I would have gotten the fries if I had been eating there, but I got it to go. So uh, fries yeah. don't keep well. Yeah, no fries don't keep well. Uh, the potatoes. The were only still- way you get fries to go is if you get a fryer and you can throw them in the air fryer, like right when you get home. Yeah, probably could have done that, but I was driving all the way up to Mainville from Galactic, and uh, I'm just saying yeah. that's the best. It, you know, if you're gonna you can't have them fries fresh, to right? go. You, you bring them home, you throw them in the air fryer. They only take three, four minutes to... Yeah, otherwise you burn them. To crisp them back up, right. Yeah. Well, guys, just quick prediction. Just just score and quick prediction because we got to hop into the mailbag after this because obviously your score quick prediction might change, Aaron, when you go to the PTP and Chad, when you go to the BCJ pod, but um, for here on the BBP pod, your, your, your BBP Super Bowl prediction. I don't know how I'm, you pick against Joe Burrow. At this point, you can't, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm expecting more Evan McPherson at that point. At this point, yeah, I, I'm expecting somehow for it to be a total like Cincinnati gets their heartbreak that they've been waiting for uh, in some way, shape, or form until I'm proven wrong and they're hoisting the trophy. Uh, but I don't know how you pick against Joe Burrow, uh, although. The more you look at that Rams roster, holy shit. Like, they've got so much talent everywhere that it's insane. Well, your prediction. I don't have a score yet. I, I'm taking the Bengals, but I don't I don't know what the score is. Like, okay. I haven't settled on that yet. Fair, fair. Aaron? I'm saying 30-27 Bengals. For I, I, for some reason, maybe I'm crazy, Aaron. I think it's more low scoring than people 
are wanting to believe just because that Rams defense is really, really good. And the Bengals defense has been outstanding in the playoffs. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's say this. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very low scoring first half that heats up in the second half. I agree. Where then in the second, you know, like a, like a, like a 13 to 10 halftime score that heats up in the fourth quarter or something like that. I don't, I don't think that either team really gets much past that 30 mark. Um, I think Stafford's yeah. going to probably throw about two picks because he's, if not three, um, mm-hmm. because he's errant, um, has been all season. He actually led the league, I believe, in, in interceptions this year. So I don't know. Joe Burrow has been, he's been cooking and he has not had a big game in this playoffs, really. I mean, we say that he had a 350-yard game, but he hasn't had like mm-hmm. the touchdowns. Right. So I think this is where they're going to try and double team chase. And if that's the case, uh, I believe the, their number two defensive back is five, five, nine, I think. And T Higgins is six, four. How, how are you going to defend T Higgins with yeah. somebody who's five, nine? What, what? Yeah. Just don't see it. And Joe Burrow looks just so calm. So confident, and he's just, made for this shit, man. It's like it's like he's already he's been there before. Like he's he's back at LSU, going to the national championship. It, this isn't the Super Bowl. It's it, it's it is very strange, and it's awesome to see. And Cincinnati deserves it. And and I, you know, the Rams have scored more than thirty points only once since January. Um, I mean, I, it's a very winnable game, and I think that the Bengals come out on top. And knock on wood. But uh, it just has that feeling of it, you know, just really has that feeling. Either way, there's going to be a Bearcat with a Super Bowl ring. Oh, I like that, Aaron. Back to the 513sharts.com, baby female bank. Aaron? They they haven't paid for February. Okay. Back to the no shirts.com. It's just the the Bearcat bounce mailbag. Back to the brentshirts.com. BBP mailbag. <laughs> this whole this whole podcast tonight, man. It's been it's been a ride. Goodness. I'll just wait till we get to the basketball portion of this mailbag. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not answering any of these questions. That's that sounds good for the show. This should be a lot of fun. <laughs> So the first question coming at you from the uh, football portion of the mailbag. If there were to be a shocking nine players drafted this year, who would those extra two players be beyond the top seven that are regularly discussed? Those being Desmond Ritter, Myjay, Jerome Ford, uh, Alex, Alex Pierce, Pierce, Brian Beavers, Cook, Kobe, it, my, Sauce. Yeah. And yeah, that's seven, right? Mm-hmm. Curtis Brooks would be one. Right. I don't know that there's a nine because the both tight ends stayed. Like the, the assumption that they might be able to get close to ten was if Josh and Lenny were in the draft. Without Joe Josh Capablanco. and <laughs> a seventh I round mean, flyer. I mean, maybe he's he he's, would probably be the next best like of guys you know of of guys that are in the draft. Right. He would be probably ninth on the list. I, I just I, I could see somebody taking a flyer on Brooks um as a three tech 
in a 4-3 defense. Um, and I think in the I just don't rounds, know that there's a ninth. For, you're probably looking for someone that can help you on special you're looking teams. For, yeah, and you're looking for upside. Like, right. you know, maybe a guy that, that, that you could – like, I, I – the problem with Joel is, like, I think Joel is who he is. Joel is who he is. Right, exactly. That's not an upside guy. Um, I mean, there aren't many players outside of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know who would be nine. I mean, who else even is there? I, like, like, I hate to say that, but Vinny McConnell, like. Yeah. Michael Young. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of Ryan Royer, long snap supreme. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Cole Smith, after the good, good, good finish. <laughs> you know, some team, some team might be like, hey, like something's cooking with the kickers in Cincinnati. Look at Evan McPherson on the Bengals. And then they see Cole Smith two for two. All right. Yeah. I think yeah, it's time, no. okay. time to move Next. on. Next. <laughs> Uh, this really could be a question for any of the mailbags, so I just picked one. What is your take on UC's Big 12 readiness from a facilities, staff, slash administration, and performance standpoint? In what areas do you see us as immediate contenders to be tops in the league, and what are our biggest gaps? All of them are gaps, honestly. And I, I don't say that to to take a shot at UC, but they've been playing from behind, right? Like they're trying to play catch-up. Uh, the only thing that really is, I, I think, ready is the performance of the football team. Right. We'll, we'll see what, you know, the locker room looks like. We'll see what, you know, when we get the, the renderings for the football facility, we'll see what that looks like. Um, I mean, right I now they've got work arenas, to do. Fifth Third Arena is up there. Fifth Third Arena, yeah. The Fifth Third Arena is there. Nippert Stadium's there. Like, that, you know, that that is a... When you walk into that place, you're like, wow, this is this is a pretty sweet place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would get yeah, I'll give you those two. Um but man, the staff bubble. administration, <laughs> I, I staff and administration. I think John Cunningham's a, a high major AD. Mm-hmm. Uh Luke Fickle, I think, is one of the best football coaches in the country. Wes Miller is the winningest basketball head coach under 40. Um, so from, from a staff standpoint, they're where they need to be. Now, do they need to be better in terms of support staff pay, you know, depth of commitment to that side of things? Yeah. There's work to do there. Um, there, there are a lot of things that are, are where they need to be in terms of they'll enter the big 12 kind of middle of the pack. Like what you're afraid of is like you can't come in and be at the bottom of the league and everything, right? And now you have to build your way up. I don't I don't think that's where they're at. Um, but I think middle of the pack is about where they're at in terms of uh the preparation and the awareness and ability. Um still plenty of work to do. Yeah. I and I think that has to be your mindset. I think your mindset has to be. We have work to do because if you feel like you're going in, like at the end of your journey, you're, you're wrong. You're not doing it right. McAfee ranked on the bubble a little bit today. Did you see that? Yeah, it's terrible. I know. Bengals have to go practice at the bubble where 
the women's lacrosse team was on the field before and ultimate frisbee intramurals is on afterwards it's like okay well but that's stupid is like that's just mcafee being mcafee and getting laughs like yeah it's the on-campus practice indoor practice facility at uc a fucking course the women's lacrosse team is practicing there so here's here's my next question if we're going to bring that up like the Steelers and Pitt share an indoor practice facility. Yeah, like shut if, up, Pat. If the Bengals are going to be using it, like it's not terribly – it's closer than some of these teams that have built actual indoor practice facilities. So right. why would you have a practice facility all the way out in like Harrison or some crazy shit where there's actually land? Because there isn't land downtown to even build a damn facility if we're – all things being equal here. So I don't know. I'm so sick and tired of this old – There's land where those practice fields are to build a facility. Yeah, but then you don't have the practice fields outside. So I guess why do you need practice fields outside if you? Because that's where you play the games. Why do you need to practice inside during the summer? Get out of here! I'm over this. It's hard and shit. That's fine. That's where you play the games. Get used to it. It's Cincinnati, (laughs) blue collar town. That's why the rest of the league laughs at the Bengals. Well, I laugh at them. We're in the Super Bowl. Rest. The the dumbest part was like, oh, they practice next to a concrete facility, like. Okay. And? And? Like, it, it's not even close to the practice field. It just happens to also be down on the river. Um, I, I did want to... I love Pat, but that, I thought that today was silly. It was it's, just... It's just tired. It was fodder. Right. Um, I did want to point out that uh, we thought we named seven of the guys that are going to be drafted. Uh, Sauce Ritter, MyJ Ford, Pierce, Kobe, Beavers, and Cook. That's actually eight. Uh, so, so Brooks would be the ninth if, if, yeah. Okay. Um, we're, we're talking about that. So we, so we, Brooks would be the ninth. We, we did, we did more homework than necessary, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, next question is going to be in the basketball portion of the bag. Sorry. Breaking out. I can't, I can't hear you guys. Oh. Hello. Oh, we'll see you tomorrow, Chad. I'll handle the basketball from here on out. We apparently had four comments since we started recording as well. Um, But I see it's Chad going back and forth with people mostly. So Uh, make the case for giving Vic more than 13 minutes. Is he part of the big leap in performance we need next year as a starter? Or do you see him coming off the bench in 23-24? Personally, I think it's too early to make any type of guess as to what. That's that's what this says. I I think that he meant meant 22-23 as they're talking about next year. But I I think that it's entirely too early to make a call as to who your starters are going to be next year because, as we well know, after last season, uh, you lost half your team. And with the transfer portal being where it's at right now, who knows what this team looks like next year? So I'm not ready to say anybody's anything, especially before the season's over, and we have no idea what this team's going to quite look like next year. Right. Agreed. But I do think he is in that grouping that does need to make that big leap. Agreed. Especially so, when you're talking about needing... He's as talented as anybody on the team. Right. He's I mean, I think... have to take a jump next year. Him sure. with, with Odie... With uh, Mikey, um, I mean, I think those are probably the three that need to make the that biggest leap. 
potentially Jarrett Hensley. If, if I, I mean, I, I, I just love his frame. I don't, you know, he needs to just show me a lot. Just make that leap, yes. But I think Vic is in that big three with with Odie and and with Mikey. All right. Next question: uh, Who would you consider the number one recruiting twenty three target for basketball? Isaiah Collier. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty easy there. Uh, do we have a legit chance at Dalen Swain? If so, who's our main competition? Yes, they have a legit chance at him. We'll we'll see where his recruitment goes this spring and summer. All right. Um, the question is, we've talked about many times with Dalen Swain. Well, the thing is, I don't know that I've ever seen recruit one-on-one post questions before. Um, so that's somebody new who may or may not have been listening. So maybe that's. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just like, I was going to yeah. add on because he was new. If you let me finish a sentence, Aaron. Okay. The thing with Dalen Swain, as we talked about, Cincinnati's bringing in two wings. They're also going after Rayvon Griffith. That would be three. How many wings are you bringing in? Like I, and as I've talked about, I'm a big Dalen Swain guy, but I just think you start to get into a numbers crunch with having to address some other things. Like if if let's say they get Isaiah Collier and Rayvon Griffith hypothetically, or Trey Green and Rayvon Griffith, you know, like looking at the different options of what might happen. Is there really like? do you have the room to add an extra wing in there? Um, Cause you're also going to need to add a, probably a big, like it just kind of gets to a numbers crunch. I think. Um, what was that? Was that a doorbell? It's my it wine kinda... glass. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> pizza's here. <laughs> it's like crystal baby. Good day, sir. <laughs> But yeah, it is a numbers crunch, Chad, as you were saying. All right. Um, what's the three of your takes on whether this roster needs major overhaul for next season, as is suggested by some after every loss, or if the base is there for these guys to improve in the Miller way and maybe adding just a big from the portal to go with the three signees? I think that if they can find somebody to improve this team – anywhere you, you do what you can to improve this team i think there's lots of guys that but to do up. that you got to punt agreed you just have to be ready to make that move and change it is a coming you just gotta just embrace it yeah i mean i'm never one to make those tough changes or or suggest it the eternal optimist, but there's only 13 scholarships allotted to college basketball teams. And with the, you know, next season is one thing, but that following season, when you do make the move to the big 12 is when you got to be ready guns blazing. Uh, Cause I think if, if you have a rough first season in the big 12, it's going to be tough to kind of, right the ship and really rise quickly. Um, it's going to a, be a rough first season in the Big 12. No, I, well, 100%. Rough as in last <laughs> in the Big 12. If they're rough. middle of the pack, winning and competing in good games, that's not rough. If We're they're dead last, that's rough. 
That's what I meant by rough. Not oh, okay. not like we're not gonna be we're not gonna be dead. We're not gonna be dead last. Twelve. We're not gonna be dead last because UCF's coming with us. It'll be fine. But <laughs> right. No. But, but you know what I, I I didn't mean they're gonna go in and be the number one team and beat Kansas. And no, I that's not at all what I meant. Just you're gonna need an upgrade overall if 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 you want to be able to go and and compete in that opening season. I think that's that's gonna be important everywhere, all positions. Uh, there is a follow-up, though. If uh, any of you think the roster does need another two to three guys, do you see Miller pushing for that? I think we answered that anyway. Um, it's just asking if Miller is going to be the one that's going to be making that move. Do, do you think that that's something that he does? As we, I think we all agree at this point. that I think you guys are doing a great job. Thanks, Chad. I think they're doing a great job, too. I love this team. Of I love you do. I love everyone. You make me want to throw up sometimes. Uh, which I would one, be there to catch it, by the way. I, I don't doubt that. And you tell me how good it was. Uh, which of these UC coaches' <laughs> first-year team had better pieces to play competitively against this Houston team? Andy Kennedy, Mick Cronin, Bob Huggins, or John Brannon? Andy Kennedy. Yeah, that team he was had Eric awesome. Hicks. I, I think that's James White, Devin Downey. I think this is a consistent. Armin before he got hurt. Healthy Armin. Like, that's not even, that's even, not even said, a close. Even said would battle down there a little bit. That's not even a close question. Um, I mean, Brandon's first team, too. They they weren't. They had, they had Trey and Jaren. Jaren and Trey, yeah. I mean, they, they beat Memphis. Sure, it's a different Memphis, but. Different Memphis. I mean, different Houston is what you mean. Houston, yeah, different Houston, yeah. Still, that Houston team was good. Yeah, uh, Andy Cronin's team would would have. I, I think I think Brandon's the a, a second, but yeah, not. I don't even know that it's super close. Um, which of these UC coaching styles? Oh, there, there it is. Nope, I must have missed putting this question in uh, which of these UC coaching styles could have helped this team play more competitively against this Houston Andy Kennedy, none of them. Mick Cronin, Bob Huggins, John Brennan, Wes Miller. None of them. None of them. Or yeah. This, this team's the, just the not best parts of all of them. This, this team would have had to play a damn near perfect game to beat Houston, even at home. And I, I just don't think that the, again, the disparity between the talent levels is, Large. Yep. Um, I thought at the eight-minute mark in the second half, he put in an odd lineup for the rest of the game. Not sure if that was the white flag and giving other players playing time, but did you feel that way? No. I think at some point you do – you just try and do something different and hope that it works. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to win the game. Like It wasn't like it was – who did like they were in? down by 37. I think it was when they had... Oh, you mean like with the previous regime? I'm glad you caught that. I mm-hmm. think it was... There was a point where like Hensley and Madsen and Koval okay. were on the floor at the same time. Um, But it, they, it wasn't like that was the lineup for the rest of the game. But yeah. I'm seeing Dave I think it's, I, Dave. Yeah, I mean... I think D Monk, you were you were just in your feelings and frustrated because the game was were. not going well. Everybody was. 
Uh, and it's easy when you see that to look out there and go, Dallas, what are you doing, coach? Like, I think that's 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 a natural reaction. That's what we do, right? Like, if you're if you're into the game as a fan, like the only team I really like and get to be a fan of is the Reds. And I do that crap all the time. You got who up in the bullpen? You why, dumb son of a bitch. Why are you taking him out after five and a, and a third? You're pinch hitting in the sixth inning for your I, best hitter to play righty lefty? Well, I, I hope we don't have to deal with the uh, the double switch ever again. <laughs> as hopefully the DH is permanently coming. But anyway, that, that's what that's what you do. I get it. I, I didn't see anything that like was seemed out of the normal of other than just trying to make something happen because nothing was working and Houston was kicking your ass. Yep. It was All good right. to see JD be healthy though. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Hard fall, so hey, they took a took a little shot, you know. Yeah, rung his bell a little bit, and he was all right. Just yeah. ruled incidental, though, right? It was. Uh, pick one player from each team's roster that would better this year's team. That's where do you? That's uh, now you're just asking questions to ask questions, D Monk. I love well, you, man, but I also I also don't necessarily want to just openly shit on <laughs> players. Just, Pick one a, by pick one. An, pick an all-star team that you would like to see this year instead of the current team. Is that's what we're doing here, right? Sure. Uh, okay, I would like a team with um, Kenyon, Nick Nick Van Exel, Kenyon Martin, Oscar Robertson, uh, Oscar Robertson. Um, Can we get Danny Fortson? Danny sure. Fortson, and uh, who's the best wing? The best big physical like scoring. Can we do Demar Johnson? Right, Demar Johnson. So I want to. I want Nick. I want Logan. I want Demar. I want Oscar, and I want Kenyon. Can we throw in senior year Trey? Uh, on the bench, yeah. On the, on bench. the bench, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary yeah, Clark, SK. Gary Clark, SK. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Evans. Well, Gary and Jake were on the same team, so that wouldn't oh. qualify. And, well, and then, Trey was on those teams too. So, oh. <coughs> can Bobby Brandon just be on the bench to rub his tattoo? Yeah, yeah, sure. I like that idea. Well, he played with Kenyon, so he might be out. It, uh, which year? Which year, Bobby Brandon? That's the problem when you ask <laughs> something like this. Fine. Give me your year, Darren. I just, year, I just, Jaren I just want him the there. Bench. I just want him there rubbing that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just Junior come, year, Jaren. Come on, guys. Oh, come on. Please, can I have Tony Bobbitt? Please. That's all I'm asking. Sure. Well, I think I'm safe there. Did he play with Danny? Did he play with Danny? Nope. He did not. I think I'm safe there. Okay. I think you might be safe. The only rub would be with Jason Max Zeal when it comes to Tony. Did he play with Lowe? Did he play with Logan? No. Okay. Well, yeah, then you can have Tony Bobbitt. Yes. All right. Moving on. I don't even know where to begin with that next. Don't. No, don't. I'm not not doing it. Not even nope. touching it. Um, moving on to the bank portion. It? The recruit one. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Just moving on to the bank's portion of the mailbag here. Um, as we're not even at two hours yet. That's fantastic. Um, would Bengals winning the Super Bowl trump the yes. Bearcats winning the national championship in the eyes of the city of Cincinnati? Which bandwagon became bigger as things progressed? Professionals yes, always going to be bigger. Yeah. yeah. Always. Professionals always going to be bigger. Because um, 
you've got split allegiances. You've got UK fans, Ohio State fans, Notre Dame fans, Miami. No, no, you don't. They don't exist. Like those six people are not of any concern. Um, Right State fans. Wrong school. Also, they also don't exist. Uh, but there's um, UD fans, Louisville fans. I mean, you got all sorts of stuff in the in the melting pot of Cincinnati. It's it's, it's the Bengals, and the Bengals bandwagon is they put thirty thousand people in Paul Brown Stadium tonight for a pep rally. Man, that footage looked pretty awesome. Well, and how many fans have traveled to Kansas City? How many fans have traveled to Tennessee? And- yeah, but that's uh, being, you see fans travel to Notre Dame. They traveled sure. to. Like, I don't think that's a a valid, like, point. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, there's also the 31 years of pain. Yeah. That that would just mean the world to the city. Sure. But the the Bearcats haven't, like, won technically anything ever. That's probably why their fan base isn't as big as it should be also. Okay. You know what I mean? No, I I agree. I was trying to come up with like a big bowl win even. And yeah, I don't know that you're. And and also like when you win a national championship in the sixties, like, I I mean, how, how long does it take for some people out in the West coast to hear about it? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, Super Bowls. They still had TV and radio. Uh, well, I mean, by the by the by the time the mail carrier on the horseback got there to deliver the telegram, <laughs> oh, would you look at that? Looks like the old Cincinnati Bearcats won a national championship. It's better, than the, it's better than the delivery system last time Xavier won something. Oh, there's there's more. Now code that one did in. get lost in the mail, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, skins skins dot, returns. Dot dot dot. dot. That that, it was, that didn't that doesn't matter. They've never won anything of any significance, so there was no. There's never, you know. All right, go ahead. right. Yeah. Yay for no famous people dying this week. If you, you could live anywhere out outside of Cincinnati, where would it be, and why is it Athens, Ohio? Well, I'm I'm going. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm living here. So. Currently in Athens. <laughs> you, there is you, that. You live there. Yeah. Um, San Diego for me. Well, that's not. Oh. I guess it, anywhere outside of Cincinnati. I was just thinking in Ohio for some reason. I guess because you live, mentioned I don't live in I don't live in Ohio. Yeah, well, that's a you problem. No, it's not. Chad, I love it where I'm at. Chad, I hate to say it, but I literally was going to say San Diego. Um, like it, if you've been to San Diego, it's one of the greatest places on earth. Oh, like, I've never been. It's 75 and sunny never every day. It's 50 and cool every night. Yeah. Like here's the thing. What is my favorite thing in the world? Food. No. Bearcatjournal.com. No. I just want to go. I was going to go back and revisit food. I didn't know if you heard me correctly or not. Uh, uh, (laughs) Chilling, hanging out with your family. Sitting by a fire pit with my family, listening to music. You know where you can have a fire pit like 340 days a year and it, it, it's perfect fire pit weather, San Diego. Every night is like 50 degrees. Like it, it, it's the sun's coming down. You're getting into that. Like it was 75, 80 degrees today. It's going to drop down to like 56 degrees tonight. You throw some logs in the fire. I would have, I would probably have 
like a, a $5,000 a year wood bill if I lived in San Diego year round. Because every night, like I'd be doing these podcasts, I'd find a way to have like an outdoor setup where I would just do the podcast by the fire pit every night. I think like Tampa would be nice or like a Charleston. Yeah. Tampa's I mean, great from November to April. Somewhere in Florida would be. Uh, yes, it gets hot, but still. it's It gets, no, it's not the heat. Yeah, it's the humidity. It's just gross. Like you, but you but, walk outside, but it, gets, and like, it gets more muggy in look, Indianapolis than it does down. I just absolutely look. not. I I sweat Ugh. through I sweat through shirts when it's seventy degrees in the room. So <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with being down there and everyone else being as miserable as I am all the time. What then? That's why you go to San Diego, where you never you never get to that point. Let's I mean, see. with. What's as bad as this little snowstorm was that we just got? I I got to be somewhere warm where you don't have to shovel your car out of that. Just ever. Uh, you sound like you'd be an Arizona guy, Brent. Oh, I'd like, love Arizona. Like just in the desert somewhere. Nah, not <laughs> when Joe Burrow wins the Super Scott Bowl. Scale. Where does he rank in your all-time Cincinnati athletes list? Top five. Already. <sighs> I think he has to be. If if he wins the fucking Super Bowl, yeah. I think he has to be. Wins the Super Bowl and the MVP. Is, I don't even care about be, that at this point. He's like, got to be. Well, no, I'm just saying that would put him on the Mount Rushmore probably. Because well, j- just consider those are the, both things that haven't happened. I, so. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to Dan Marino this or anything. But just consider the fact that he's only in his first full year, yeah, and right. that he has a long career ahead of him, God willing, and that mm-hmm. this could be something that becomes I, I don't want to say that this is going to be like the Regular, beginning of the dynasty right. or, or anything like that but this Getting could out be of the AFC is going to be like a, it's a gauntlet people. an absolute gauntlet but this yeah. could be something that we get to do you know maybe another two or three times if we're lucky so I did see a tweet that was kind of funny it was like what if what if Joe Burrow just you know wins the Super Bowl and then just says all right guys that was fun just won the <laughs> won the national championship won the Super Bowl in and out Thank that you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate he's not, you. He's not built that way, but that would be super LeBron James-esque. <laughs> <laughs> not one, not two, but just one, the first one ever. Yeah, just one, so, just the first thanks, one, guys. and I retire. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going into MMA. <laughs> Skins did say, P.S., I'm not killing Aaron this week. Chad's doing that for me by setting up another podcast for him to produce, and I figure he'll die from exhaustion. Um. With the news that the Who will be having a concert at FC Cincinnati Stadium in May, who would like to see them have a concert at, or anyone have a concert? Who would you like to see have a concert at Nippert? There we go. I know in the 70s, Aerosmith was part of a music festival at Nippert. I mean, my music interests are pretty small. Um, Outcast reunion show at Nippert? Yeah, I'm down. Let's go. I think Or uh, like the Rack and Tours. Rack and Tours. Yeah, I I'd go see a show at Nipper. Like you put the you stage, put the stage the right where the player of... cat layer yeah. is. Yeah. And you you play it throughout. Like the sound would be amazing, I would think. I would think. Like I would think Nipper would be dope. Like you can you can put what 30,000, 30,000 in there. Well, not if you're put, I mean if you're putting people on the field on yeah. top of what you yeah, have in the stands. True. Like true. You, the only problem is like assigning seats. Oh, like man, I guess that wouldn't be a huge deal. Well, you have a pit. Yeah. 
and then you just put you put down the wood over the turf. Yeah. And you put seats in. Like I guess we'd all be spoiled at that point having an excellent sound system inside Nipper. <laughs> right. And, well, they bring their they own. Open it up with, You've got That's it. what I'm saying. Like we, we'd actually have a good sound system in Nippert, though, and yeah. now we'd, then we'd be like, "Why doesn't everything sound like this?" Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, who? How about who would you? Who were? Who, who's your your dream concert at Nippert, Brent? Man, um, sheesh. I really don't know because, I mean, if I'm there at Nippert, I'd I'd feel a little uh, a little. Uh, sacrilegious to be going how i normally go to concerts which is like you know feeling very good so um something good but not something that i want to gee thanks good good answer board. buddy something well, good I, I, i'd like I, I mean, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like it to be something good let me tell you something good is that who you want who, who's saying that <laughs> who knows Aaron, who who do you have? Who do you have playing there? I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking that it would have to be something that would play for college kids. So I think you'd have to go with probably something like the Chainsmokers. I think would be awesome there. Did you that see would... the the? <laughs> do you watch the... So there's a thing that Barstool does. It's called Sunday Conversation. No. And it's with Caleb Presley that used to play quarterback at UNC. Glenny Balls. And Glenny Balls, and they had the Chainsmokers on this weekend was the, was their <laughs> guest and it's it's so stupid like that's the whole point of it oh, it's so he, he was like um one of the guys in the chain smokers is a dj right right so he was like you know pointing out that like deft punk and marshmallow and like all these like all the most famous djs marshmallow have, was gonna be the next one that i mentioned oh yes have yeah. helmets right. right so he was like we 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 made you a we made you a, a gift. Then he brings out one and it's a cigarette butt <laughs> with the filter is like where the, he just had two <laughs> little eyes cut out and like it was a burnt down. So it had like the top of it. Right. And then the other one they brought out and it was really hard to like tell what it was. And the dude was like, what, what is this? And he was like, it's crack. So it was a spoon. <laughs> it was a metal spoon that had <laughs> Jesus. All right. You, you have to go watch it. Look so up. Brent, Look. I like uh, I said, I, I got I got chain smokers and marshmallow. What Sunday got, conversation man? is hilarious, by the way. Oh, it is must it watch is every so Sunday, funny. Aaron. It is so re- like it's absurd. Like, how like Jimmy John, like yeah. I mean the Jimmy John was like, great. He just died laughing. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good, definitely good. No, Aaron, so, I'm kind so of make a pick. Other than I, I Aaron, like, I'm if it was somebody Aaron, good, it was something Aaron, good, I'd be you, happy. Um, as far as like, oh, he's stealing your like, answer now. No, no, no it was a good answer. Kids involved, so I, I mean, I think just I don't know, like Wiz Khalifa or yeah, like Drake, Mia would, Khalifa would no. I mean, I just don't she's, know. She's out the game. Oh, uh, okay. She she is, but um, but yeah, okay. and then also like Khalifa <laughs> said, I, I'm I'm stealing it from people, but. I mean, or you can go old school, and but that wouldn't really attract the college kids. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of with that that house music slash. I mean, I'm sure you could have a little like mini, eh, probably not a mini festival there. But. All right, moving on. With the Olympics going on, what Winter Olympic sports do you think you'd be the most successful at? Which would you most want to try? Lastly, could any of you make it all the way down on a live or skeleton without crashing horribly? Curling. 
what I, I would be most successful at. Did you see the U.S. curling team? It looks like just a bunch of dads from the bar that they like. It is. like, hey, you guys, you want to come do this? And they're like, sure, oh, yeah, it's not great to me. Uh, it's it's the BBP would, plus, plus Dave. That's right. Yeah. Which would you most want to try? None of them. It's the Winter Olympics. That shit's Correct. cold. I'm, I'm out on winter sports. Uh, could I do that? The, the other No. No, I could not. I would crash and probably die. Dead, dead. A terrible, a terrible uh, viral death. Like bobsledding, uh, not in on that skeleton. No, he's talking Absolute. about the skeleton. Yeah, the skeleton's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolutely not, sir. How many yeah, people? I, how many people annually die skeletoning? I mean, I saw Apparently the one it's footage. Pretty safe, like because of the way the like, the track you're basically is curved. just in a in a rut. Like the somebody's got to carve that rut out, man. Just yeah, not you. me. No, not hell me, no. I'm all the way out on that. What were you gonna say, Brent? Well, they showed some like head cam footage recently of of someone going down crashes. Yeah, it's that's just scary. Do they very very scary? Do they have inner tube riding for like? Yeah, (laughs) I'll ride down it on an inner tube. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Uh, I think that's the only only one. Riding around, riding down it with like two uh, pieces of plywood. And like r- rails, nah, man, no, nope, 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 not me, not that, this man. guy. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I could, I could probably do a skiing competition. I'd come in dead last because I would just like go down the hill. That's all. I would do. <laughs> I'd, I'd go down like the one dude did, where he was just passed out. <laughs> yeah, that was. Are scary, there yeah. are there any Winter Olympics that are sports that are warm? No. Okay, then I would. I don't want to do any of them. Probably back in like, the village with the cabin like scotch. <laughs> yeah, the cabins. Well, that you know what they do at the Olympics. Like, so uh, I'm gonna do curling and then try to hook up with that chick from the uh, Netherlands speed skating team. Google, That's Google it. Google Netherlands speed skating, Aaron, and get us a picture of this chick. Well, outside of that, that's the end of the mailbag. So I'll, okay. I'll try and find Netherlands speed skating. Yeah. Hot. You might have to put hot afterwards. Apollo Anton Ono. No, that's not her. <laughs> that's, not even her. that's not her. He was he was cute though, but that's not her. Pretty um, doggone good. Sean White. Gonna do it again. What you got for this there? one? Yeah, that um the one in the middle. This one. I think that's her. No, that might not be her. Uh, I needed the names. Scroll the- up. Irene, Scroll up. Irene Woost. Irene Shooting. No. I don't know. If you're still Ooh, here, God it. bless you. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> well, look, look on. Keep an eye out for it on Chad's Twitter. There's no reason to keep it going on here. Mo and I talked about it on the 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 radio the other day. Um, I can't remember her name though. Oh, that's got to be it. Uh, Judah J U T T A. Leaderdam L E E R D A M Judah. That was her name. Yeah, that that is the one. Yeah. That is the one, Judah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching. Them. 
speed skating. She looks good. All right. She's Very good. Champion. Fantastic, guys. She's a world well, champion. But you try champion. speed skating, where you're leaning all the way. This I can't crash, and it looks like well. it hurts, man. Yeah. Yeah. No. Everything about the Winter Olympics just is built to break you while yeah. you're cold. Yeah. I just, I, I hate, be- we just talked about where we want to live. None of us picked anywhere that was cold. I, I don't no. like being cold at all. No. No. All right. Well, go ahead and hashtag or, uh, or uh, timestamp that and let's get time us Timestamp, y'all. Timestamp, y'all. But uh, right. hey, I'm going to fire you. Guys, it's, it's, it's time for us to hop on out of the BBP. It's time for us to say a big thank you to Danco Transmission. And then after that, a lot of other opportunities for us to say thank you at the very end as well. But alongside that huge week for the city of Cincinnati, Bearcat basketball back on the hardwood, two-game road trip, both winnable games. Keep an eye out on that. Of course, as always, Super Bowl Sunday. Huge, huge chance on Sunday for Cincinnati to pull out of first. Joey Burrow, let's go, let's believe. But for my good pals, good friends, good buds in Cincinnati sports, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this was another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!